0: Hi, and welcome to Face Your Fears, a podcast about doing the things that give us a little bit of anxiety, but that we know in our hearts we must do. My name is Liz, and I'm a yoga teacher, a life coach, and a college professor. I love getting to have these conversations with people who I admire people whose strength and wisdom really shine through in the conversations that we share on this podcast. And today is no exception. I'm really excited to share with you this conversation with my friend, mentor, and yoga teacher, Anna Guest-Jelly, founder of Curvy Yoga. Anna is going to talk in this episode about how she's charted the course of starting a business when she had no experience running a business and honestly started Curvy Yoga thinking she would just be teaching a few classes while she kept her full-time job. She went from that to today where Curvy Yoga is a wide-ranging platform that offers an online studio, opportunities to do live practices, a podcast, a book, a teacher training, a certification program, and many other things that I look forward to seeing down the road. This conversation was a real treat, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have with us on the podcast today Anna Guest Jelly, who is the founder of Curvy Yoga and my Curvy Yoga teacher trainer and friend. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. I'm
1: so excited to be
0: here. Yeah, me too. I'm me too. So the thing that we're going to talk about today is learning how to trust intuition around a lot of different things. And I know that you were working in like a normal job and started curvy yoga at the same time and slowly transitioned over into running curvy yoga as your job. So I really just want to hear about intuition and what your relationship to intuition was like when you first started curvy yoga and how that's changed.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting to kind of reflect back on that. I feel like intuition is really what drove me to become a yoga teacher. Because in my own years of practicing, because I practiced for about, I don't know, 10 years before I became a teacher, um, when I finally had a realization that my problem in yoga wasn't my body, but that it was just that teachers didn't know how to teach bodies like mine, I just had this sense of like, I cannot be the only person who is interested in this information and wants to know how to make it work. And so that really drove me to become a teacher. Um, I don't know that I really would have articulated that as intuition at the time, but it was, yeah, really a big, big factor in everything that has unfolded from there. So once I did the teacher training, I mean, my thought was really, I'm going to teach a local class and still keep my regular full-time job and like, that'll be it. And then I started a blog just because I thought it would be fun because I like writing and Mm -hmm. wanted to share some of this information. And when I think about how things started to shift, it really was about kind of keeping my ear to the ground of what was unfolding and at the same time, looking at my own life. So I did have a history of switching gears. So When I graduated from college, I wanted to be an English professor. I got a master's degree in English, and I did teach, and I did really love that. Um, But there were parts of the more research side that just didn't really appeal to me. So then I switched gears over to nonprofit work. Um, I got another master's degree in that, which is really not necessary, I don't think, but is what I did. (laughs) And then shifted into kind of relatedly working in uh, domestic violence and sexual assault intervention and prevention for several years. So I was familiar with change and relatively comfortable with it um, and knew that, you know, I was following some thread that was, it wasn't something I could see the end of. I could just kind of see the next piece. And so I think that, yeah, I think that comfort with change and just sort of seeing where things went really informed my switching over to doing curvy yoga full-time eventually because I had done it several times before, even though it was different. Those were switching from, you know, other people paying me <laughs> to me yeah. working for myself. So I don't know. Like I said, like, I don't know that I would have articulated any of that as intuition at the time but I did know that I was resilient and could change based on mm-hmm. the things that I had done then. Yeah. So when I started to transition or start to think really about transitioning to doing curvy yoga full time, um, I was kind of in an evidence gathering mode. So I would say that planning and intuition go hand in hand in my life. So I am definitely not a, leap and the net will appear kind of person. I'm sure. more like take a step. It's kind of that thread thing I said earlier. I'm more like take a step, see how it goes, build the next couple steps, and then take like a gentle hop forward. <laughs> <laughs> um and whenever people ask me, you know, should I just quit my job and start teaching yoga, when, especially if they're brand new teachers, I'm always like, uh, probably not. <laughs> yes. Unless you have um, like a trust fund or something like you right. need to have money <laughs> to pay your bills. That's really important. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what I was thinking about. So I definitely did not have a trust fund. I needed to still earn money. So when I started to think about it, and Nick and I were talking about it, my husband, we um, first just started saving some money. And then I over one summer, I was working in a university at the time, cut my hours back from 40 to 30. So I took a small pay cut for that just to kind of test it out. test out how it felt. Um, I think I would had maybe one and a half days that I didn't go in. So maybe I was off like Thursday afternoon, maybe it was the end of my work week. And that felt good. And we were kind of able to make it work financially. And then my next step was to apply for a part-time job. So I had a sense that I would be able to get a job again as an English teacher, since I had done that before. And it took a minute to kind of get some bites and I didn't think it was going to happen. And then I remember this day that I was crying. It wasn't going to happen. And then that day I got a call to come in for an interview and I got that job and I was so ready to transition. Yeah. Um, Both I was burnt out from the work I was doing, and I was ready to do more curvy yoga stuff. And having the part time job, though it was significantly less income, it was still something. And I felt like I could build on what I had built in curvy yoga. And this was probably, it was like a solid two years at least into curvy yoga. So I had seen kind of the interest and demand. For different things growing. So it wasn't all built on, I don't know, just my dreams. (laughs) Right. There was some concreteness behind me thinking that I would be able to make this transition. Yeah. So I started this part-time job. I was there, we started the week before Labor Day. And my dad was really sick. He was in the hospital. And over Labor Day weekend, Nick and I traveled to Pennsylvania to see him. And on the way there, he got much, much worse. And he ended up passing away that weekend. Mm -hmm. So I was, my mom was totally shocked. Um, He had cancer, um, but she was maybe not really letting in everything that was happening. And she needed some support. My sister was in nursing school, so she couldn't. Be gone for more than like a couple of days, and I was like, I'm really the only person available <laughs> to mm-hmm. help out here, and it didn't make sense to go back to a job I'd only had for four days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quit that job and stayed with my mom for a while, and then when I came back home, it was just to such a totally different landscape. Like mm-hmm. my dad had passed away. Now I had no job. I actually did have a. I was teaching several classes locally, but That was no kind of (laughs) reliable income. And Nick and I kind of were just like, okay, it was probably uh, like late October-ish. So coming around the corner to the holidays and we were like, let's just, you know, take a couple months, see what's going to happen with curvy yoga. And I honestly always thought, I'm just going to get another part-time job or a full-time job if this doesn't work out. It felt very temporary at the time. So I started thinking about other ways that I could earn income through curvy yoga faster than I had originally been planning and started doing some online teacher training for people who are already yoga teachers. And things just kind of slowly grew from there to the point where maybe six or eight months into that, I felt like, oh, this is what I'm actually doing now, (laughs) not just what I'm sort of temporarily doing based on this unforeseen situation. And the other thing that I had on my side is that really from nearly the beginning, not entirely, but I had been building the business side of curvy yoga and really learning a lot about how do you run a business? Because I had no experience doing that. Reading, I had hired some people to help me with the website and some other things like that. Um, So I felt like I was kind of Going back to that building the next steps in front of you thing, just doing that as it went along. So I mean, I was also just working really hard, (laughs) yeah, hustling, doing all of this stuff, trying to see what was going to happen. And I really feel like this for me is how my intuition works. And I've just seen that even more so over time, which is... Pretty slowly and quietly, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like personally, the mistakes that I have made have been leaping with no net. And I feel like when I'm like, I'm so excited and I'm talking like a thousand miles a minute about something, it usually is coming from a different place than intuition. For me, intuition feels more like grounded, grounded a knowing sense in my gut, um, that kind of thing. And that doesn't mean there's no excitement, but the energy of it and the way that it feels in my body is different.
0: That's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah. Say more.
0: (laughs) Well, I just, I suppose, I mean, you know me well enough to know that I'm pretty much always operating at like a 12 on the excitement (laughs) meter. And Uh so... To hear you say, like that buzzy energy that you get, is different than the kind of quieter, more grounded intuition that has served you well.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and that might not be true for you. I just have noticed it's when not, I <laughs> <laughs> when I am in that place, I feel like it's usually coming from a reactive place for me, mm. like something ah, maybe one way to put it is there's something uncertain and I'm not comfortable with that uncertainty. And so I'm going to like solve this problem right now. And here are all the ways that I'm going to do that. Versus over time, now I have developed more patience and tolerance for uncertainty. So the past several years of curvy yoga, which I think, you know, I have felt a little like, what is next for curvy yoga? is it still going? Is it the same? Is it over? You know, I just don't really know or I didn't. Um and that was like 3 years <laughs> that I sat with that uncertainty. And you know, things happened, for sure, it wasn't stale during that time and um uh, but my sense of kind of where things were going was very different, which I think makes sense, you know, when you first are starting a business, there's so much energy and enthusiasm and then Once you have things more in place, you have your systems down, things do shift, and you're not necessarily going to have that exact same momentum and energy that you did at the beginning. And I think it's easy to problematize that. I certainly did. I was like, why don't I feel the same way? Well, you know, now it's nine years in, it makes sense that I don't feel the exact same way. Sure. Um, So I had to learn how to be with that uncertainty because certainly. Many times in the past, if I had been in this same situation, I would have just done things, you know, like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. And some of that stuff might have worked out. Some of it might not have. It might have worked out on the business side, but really burnt me out um, physically, emotionally, mentally. So being able to sit with and kind of say, all right, um, instead of just trying things because I don't like what's happening. Let's see what
0: unfolds. What do you think allowed you to learn that kind of patience? Hmm.
1: Probably lots of little experiments, trial and error. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like one of my biggest learnings around this was with the local studio that we had in Nashville. That came about totally from that energy I was talking about earlier. That's like, I'm gonna do this. Da, 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 da. And I had a few kind of space issues at the time. And I was like, I'm just gonna solve this with a studio. Let's do it. Um, and I certainly did some planning around what it would be and how we could earn enough income to make it sustainable. But I think it was an answer to a problem or a question that. I didn't actually have, but I thought I had. So seeing that unfold and closing the studio after a year because I didn't see a way to make it financially sustainable, and as I mentioned, I didn't have like investors. This is all our own money (laughs) going into all of this really made me very aware of that difference in uh, when it's the right time to move on something and when it's maybe not or Mm -hmm. when it just needs further investigation, you know, maybe there's a different way that I could have gone about that, that it would have turned out differently. Um, and I think there's, you know, plenty of other examples like that in my own life. So some of it is just noticing my own patterns, which is something that I feel like I've greatly benefited from in many different parts of my life. Um, certainly in relationship to, My own body, you know, the more that I notice things like, oh, when I am really feeling like nothing in my closet fits and I just want to throw it all away and go on an overnight diet, then usually that's a sign that something else is going on. There's Mm -hmm. some stressor. I might be getting sick, like getting a cold or something. Um, And that's a pattern that I've noticed. So then when it arises, I'm like, oh, here's this pattern and here's how I can shift it. So I think it's mostly that.
0: I know that you have a, a fairly regular, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but a fairly regular journaling practice. Yeah. Has that helped you notice those patterns?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like, yeah, I do journal um, most days and it really does help me to see those patterns. And to kind of be like, oh, right, this again. That's something that I say to myself a lot, like, oh, this again. Um, It just kind of takes the sting out a little bit where I don't feel like a failure as a human being, (laughs) which is how I would have felt in the past, but more like, oh, yeah, this is coming around. And I think related to that, which comes through journaling, which comes through yoga practice, therapy, a bunch of different things is. I just see my own humanness and have a lot of compassion for it and other people's as well. So when things happen, when I am not comfortable with uncertainty, you know, I'm making this all sound (laughs) easier and more graceful than it has been. (laughs) Um, Then I'm just kind of like, Oh yeah, well, right. This is what it's like to be a human. We do this stuff. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be, meaning making about who I am or what I'm capable of. I just feel so much grace when I'm like, Oh yeah, right. This was just like pretty human of me. Okay. That's okay. And then I can, you know, shift or make a different choice or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm.
0: So much of what you're talking about around this intuition and kind of the energy, the groundedness that you feel around it. It reminds me, and I know I mentioned this because I know that that you're uh, familiar with her work, but that Tara Moore's playing big. It sounds like inner mentor to me.
1: Mm, yeah, I love the inner mentor. Yeah, um, I do sort of specifically think about that from time to time, though not that often in those terms, but I really resonate with that idea of The bigger picture, the longer term, Um, you know, it's something I think about even in regards to my yoga practice and gives me a lot of grace and space because when I think about, okay, this is something that I want to have as part of my life for the rest of my life. And to me, that just is a fact that it means it's going to change over time and that sometimes I'll have more time, less time, more energy, less energy. You know, as we're recording this, I'm a few weeks away from giving birth. Do I know what my yoga practice is going to look like? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I know it's going to change. And that that's okay. That's what's going to happen over the course of life. And I think, you know, bringing it back to the business for a moment, I think that that gives me some peace or... Less sense of desperation, or I don't know exactly how to word it, around the future with the business because I take the same long term vision there, where I feel like the business is obviously going to shift and change because I am in charge of it and I am shifting and changing as a person. And I think that things need to grow in order to be responsive to the world. And so I don't feel afraid of things changing in the business. And That includes even, you know, the prospect that someday the business won't be around or I will, you know, somebody else will be in charge of it. Like, who knows what could happen is kind of how I think about things. So I am not a five-year plan person at all. Um, I usually have a one-ish year plan loosely, um, mostly because so much of what we do with Curve Yoga now you know, is kind of in its own system and has to be planned somewhat in advance, but that has certainly taken time. I think for me, you know, whether my role shifts or whatever down the road, not feeling afraid of that, knowing that that's just part of how things go, gives me a sense of peace. I could see how for some people that might be stressful, but for me, it's relaxing.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so it's kind of like intuition plus planning plus time plus risk tolerance <laughs> plus trusting my ability to change is kind of how it all happens
0: you know the easy stuff right
1: <laughs> exactly yeah and i feel like it's all like it's um some parts of this some parts of that you know some part of that is probably my inherent personality. Some of it is what I've learned through my own personal growth and development, through therapists, through books. Some of it's from yoga. Some of it's from people in my life. You know, all these things kind of mixed together. I think we all have our own blend of those things. And I think what's important is um, probably going back to the patterns we were talking about, like figuring out yours and learning what your intuition feels like and sounds like because like we were just talking about it sounds like mine and yours might be pretty different and that's not good or bad it's just like knowing what yours is is that what i think matters
0: yeah i i totally agree with you and i think trying to find the right I, i I'm thinking about this like a secret sauce, like what ingredients go into each of our secret sauce in order to chart a path that feels in integrity, but also keeps us progressing. Mm -hmm. I know you well enough to know that you would never want the world to think that you've got all your shit figured out and it's like all right, like, Right, because yeah. I think it would be it's I think it'd be opposite. really easy for someone to <laughs> listen to you and be like, well, I mean, that's Anna. Of course, she's got it figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you don't have to like. I'm not asking you to bear your soul about every mistake you've ever made, but just like the relationship you have with the strength that you have developed.
1: Yeah, I really think, yeah, I never want people to think that, you're right. Um, And I never want people to think that about, you know, that also comes to me a lot where people are like, oh, it's easy for you to accept your body. I'm like, no, it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Said no woman ever.
1: <laughs> I'm like, actually, the whole reason we're here having this conversation is because it's not. <laughs> right. Um. You know, I think it's partially that thing where you are at one part in a journey, another person's at another part, and you're trying to compare yourself to those differences. And that I feel like is always a recipe for disaster and doesn't bring in that humanness that we were talking about. You know, I think I made a big mistake with the local studio that we talked about earlier, Um, just in terms of kind of how I went. About it, the space that we got. um, I loved that year with everybody. The space was really sweet. It just was not a great decision logistically. (laughs) And so I had to, you know, and one part of that process for me was when I really realized like this is not working out and we don't have enough money to like keep trying it for another few years because I feel like it certainly could have become more financially sustainable over time. Mm But just the money wasn't really there to do that. Um, I really had this moment where I felt like, I wonder if I should just like pretend like this isn't happening, basically, um, which is how I had dealt with money stuff in the past, failure in the past. And I just had this moment of like, no, I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm going to say it to myself. I'm going to say it to Nick. I'm going to say it to the studio and close it. Which, you know, is never something I think people want to do. Be like, hey, we started this a year later. It's over. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's pretty fast. Even though that was a hard decision in some ways. In other ways, it was an easy decision that I felt really proud of. To be able to say, this did not work out. And I think that that was also kind of a modeling opportunity to just say, like, sometimes you try things and they don't work. And I've certainly had, you know, programs under the umbrella of curvy yoga that didn't work out either. That um, I didn't feel like were a good fit for me as a teacher or a person, or people didn't resonate with in the way that I thought they would. I really think about curvy yoga and many things that I've done in my life as a series of experiments. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just trying this. And we will see what happens. So sometimes people ask me, how do you start a business? And my most honest answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I did, I didn't set out to start a business. I set out to teach some yoga and write a blog for fun and keep working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And over time, a business kind of was developed <laughs> by me. Um, that wasn't passive, but it wasn't something I was planning. So I would say, yeah, that's really my perspective that I hope people can hear is it's not that I have everything figured out at all. I think it's more that I'm willing to try the next experiment and see what happens. And sometimes it'll work out. Sometimes it won't work out. And I feel like that's also very Human. Like, that's life. <laughs> some Absolutely. things work out, some things don't work out.
0: Yeah, that humility is difficult to cultivate, but such a precious thing once you mm-hmm. can.
1: Well, for me, it makes everything, I feel like in some ways this is counterintuitive to the messages we receive, but for me, it makes everything more, ultimately more sustainable because I'm not saying I have put Every egg, plus some I borrowed, plus some (laughs) I stole, you know, whatever, into this basket, I, like, here's the foundation I have, and here's the next thing I'm going to try. And if it doesn't work out, my whole entire life is not devastated because I haven't put that much. Like, I have not invested my entire life savings or whatever it is into energy even into this. And there's a fine balance between that. Because I don't ever want to be like, "Mm, I'm just going to do this like a quarter of the way and not be invested. And then if it doesn't work out, then I won't be hurt. So it's like not that. And then it's also not, I'm just going to quit my job tomorrow and see what happens and hope that I can pay my next mortgage. So it's like in between those two that I think um, is where I find the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. And then having lots of good support. You know, I also did all of this good kind of inner work with books and journaling and therapy and yoga and, you know, friends who are on a similar place in the path. And I think all of that stuff is really important, particularly the things that, you know, I know that therapy is not financially accessible for many people. Health insurance is always complicated and (laughs) difficult, but just, you know, tapping into the
0: resources that you have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot about how fortunate I am and I'm sure you do as well to have work that just feels so deeply purpose driven and meaningful. Mm -hmm. And I know that, um, you know, there are so many trite, pieces of advice out there that say, you know, follow your bliss and the doors will open. Thank you, Joseph yeah. Campbell. You know, and I think about yeah. the people who don't have the privilege of chasing dreams. Yeah. Because they have mouths to feed and bills to pay. And so I I don't ever want to gloss over that, but I I have the feeling that you have found this peace in your life and this path for your life because you've been open to what the world is presenting for you and what you're seeking from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I sort of have this feeling that like when you know, you may not know exactly what it is that you're looking for, but when you're open enough to kind of have a, be guided by what you see and what you respond to, that things tend to line up in a way and I think that's probably the grounded energy that you're you're um, making good decisions from. Is that that sense of knowing that when I'm ready, an opportunity is likely to be there.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, I had the most I don't know obvious, I guess, example of that recently with this period of time I was talking about a few years where I was really uncertain about what was going to happen with curvy yoga. And that whole time for years, I felt like something is changing and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And I could feel that so clearly, but there were really not words around it. Um, It was just like, things are going to change and I don't know why or how or when. (laughs) Um, And so I really felt like my job at that time was to keep listening to that. And then keep listening to what was happening in the business. So, what people were resonating with, questions they were asking, things they wanted. Same thing for me. So, how was I feeling about what I was doing? What was working still? What needed to shift? And just being willing to follow that thread again, bringing that back around to see where it led me and knowing that when. That time came, I would know. I had a um, conversation with my therapist recently about motherhood, and I don't remember exactly the what we were talking about. But I was having some fear about a way in which I would be a bad mom. I have a lot of those <laughs> fears, and um, don't we all? She's <laughs> She said, "What I feel like I know about you is that." when the time comes for for like for you to know then you will know you know not whether I'm a good or a bad mom but like how to address whatever the situation was that we were talking about and she said by that I don't even mean that I will inherently have an answer or the answer but that also I would know how to seek the support that I need at that time and that was just such a gift for me that she said that because it felt really true I do feel like um, I let myself know things when I know them (laughs) if that makes any sense
0: it does Um,
1: and I was like oh you're right like when this situation comes around then I will have more information you know from my intuition from what's happening from what this baby who I have not met is like from how what things are like in our family And that just really let me off the hook for having to have the answer right now. I was like, oh, I can just kind of live into it. And that felt a lot better.
0: It reminds me, and this is going to seem like a weird thing to draw a corollary to, but it reminds me of something that um, I was talking with someone about just a couple of days ago. We had some um, colleagues from the University of Virginia visiting us on campus to talk about student motivation. Mm -hmm. And they you know, and they were specifically talking to math professors. So everyone says, Oh, I'm not a math person. And the example that they were talking about sharing with students was showing them a picture of a six month old baby and, you know, kind of cooing over it and then saying, well, you know, this baby can't stand up and that's easy. So it's clearly stupid. And the students were like, oh, that's ridiculous. It's not, you know, no six month old can stand up. And Uh they said, well, that's kind of what math is, right? Like you don't just like show up in the world and know how to do it. And I feel the same way about motherhood. Like I don't think you show up in the world knowing how to be a good mom. You learn it because
1: you need to. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And the same thing is true with, having a business, you know, I didn't show up knowing how to do it. I don't know how to do what's next. You know, I'm going to learn that stuff. Exactly. I
0: was just going to say, I'm sure people tell you this all the time and I I can see how it might be taken on as a weight, but I have every confidence you're going to be a fantastic mom.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'll take all of that I can
0: get. (laughs) <laughs> I mean it me- merely as a as a boost and not as a like assignment. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Because I know sometimes <laughs> when people say, "I know you're going to be great," to me, I'm like, "What if I'm not?" That means that not only have I disappointed myself, but I've disappointed you too. Um, right.
1: I'm going to email you and be like, "Liz, you were
0: wrong." <laughs> <laughs> you can. I'll tell you that that alone makes you a great mom. But... <laughs> yeah. One of my one of my favorite writers, Glennon uh, Doyle, mm-hmm. talks about how nobody knows all the steps. We just, we don't, we can't know all the steps. We just need to figure out the next one. And that's yeah. what you've been talking about with the thread, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't see the end of it because it doesn't end. Yes. You just sort of, it's like, you know, walking in the dark, you can see a couple of feet in front of you. And then when you get there, you see the next two feet.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just been my experience of life and basically every area of life, Mm -hmm. business, yoga, relationships, money, you know, whatever categories you could throw out. I feel like I would have examples of that because that's just how I feel like life works. And I see with a lot of people, you know, people whose stories I admire and respect. One thing I've noticed over time is they all have these things, you know, they all have Difficult moments, they all have ways that they learn how to navigate them moving forward. And that to me just feels like what kind of what we're all here to do. We have our own way of doing it, and the circumstances are different, of course. But when you boil it down, I think that's what it comes down to in a lot of ways.
0: Mm-hmm. I really do feel like you have so much wisdom. And I just want to share with you that when I went through my life coach training program last year with Kate Swoboda, um, several of the women who I met in that program, when they found out that I had done my yoga teacher training with you, were like, "Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet! I know. Oh my gosh! I know." what's funny is that, that that also stresses me out so much like I know. when when that comes up when people say that I'm like oh, imposter syndrome is everywhere I know. It <laughs> is. I'm like if I know. they meet me they'll be so disappointed
0: <laughs>
1: I know that feeling oh, I do that's all part of it so, it's like navigating that mm-hmm. it's pretty funny mm-hmm.
0: yeah so tell me a little bit about What's happening at Curvy Yoga now? Because I want to give you a chance to, to share with the people who don't know about Curvy Yoga, yeah.
1: what's going on. So lots of good things. As part of this whole uncertainty shifting into new plans process, I hired the wonderful Liz Eskridge, who is one of your co teacher trainers in your. Training. I love Liz. Yes, I know she's, she's the best. And this is another one of those, you never know what's gonna happen kind of things, because I did not have it on my radar to hire a full time employee before having a baby. Like, logically, I feel like that doesn't make a lot of sense because it's a lot of change and taking on, you know, more expenses. But just a kind of random quote unquote series of things happened where Liz and I were talking and she was leaving a job and I had been wanting to ask her to do a few hours a week while I was on maternity leave. I was like, Oh, I guess we could just start that sooner. Um, and it's, so it started off as a maybe 10 hour a week thing and she was going to have another kind of part-time job in addition. And then that didn't work out and things were going great with the two of us. And it just kind of evolved into a full-time thing, um, that now I'm so grateful for, because for a while I've been thinking about, how can we make even more space for other voices under curvy yoga besides mine? And that's something we've done, you know, to a certain extent with our teachers who have gone through teacher training and certification. Um, but I always wanted to do more, but I didn't have the personal capacity to do that. So now with Liz on, we can do a lot of that stuff. So now, we have had teachers, including you, have um, create videos for our online yoga studio, which is a big part of how people can be involved with Curvy Yoga. Um, we're continuing to do teacher training and certification. Liz is going to be able to get another group of teacher trainees out into the world this year, um, which is so exciting that that can happen um, with my support, but without my physical presence. <laughs> And then people can always engage through the website. We have a ton, 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 ton of free resources, book, DVD, et cetera, lots of different things like that. But I think the next phase is, you know, kind of all part of this growth trajectory, which we've been talking about, which is my role shifting a little bit in the sense that, you know, of course, my role has always been big picture and vision. But now I think it can be a little more of that a little less day-to-day logistics and that makes space for a lot more voices in the conversation, whether it's on the studio or the blog or the podcast or whatever. And that is something that is really important to me because we have a lot of amazing teachers and perspectives and it just feels really good to be able to make space for that and program that.
0: I love that curvy yoga is really becoming kind of a platform
1: hmm Yeah, me too. That's actually how I thought about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to share anything else that you'd like to share with the people listening.
1: I think I just have a thank you to share. I really appreciate not only the invitation to be on this podcast, but the work that you're doing. I feel like these conversations are hard to find sometimes you know maybe you can have them with a close friend um, but being able to hear other people's perspectives and just sharing openly I feel like is really important and (laughs) life-affirming that's not too corny of a way to put it Um, yeah and I'm just really glad to know you thank you well thank you Anna
0: I think it's fair to say that Anna Jelly is one of my favorite people walking this planet today. She has such a grounded energy about her, such a kind and compassionate heart, a truly deep-seated desire to bring more light and joy into the world, and plus, she's just so much fun to talk to. So thank you, Anna, for being with us on the podcast today thank you all for listening and sharing this podcast. It's been really great to hear from so many people about how much they enjoy these conversations, sharing it with their friends, their family members, or others. And I just want to say how grateful I am to each one of you listening to this. Before I wrap up for the week, I need to give you an update on my Harbor Retreat in South Carolina in March of this year, coming up in just a few weeks. I'm offering this retreat with my friend Katie Hall, who also teaches yoga and who also was certified with curvy yoga and who is also a featured teacher in the online curvy yoga studio. Katie is one of my soul sisters and she and I are so excited to welcome a very small but fantastic group of women to our retreat in a few weeks. And what's exciting is that we have just a couple of beds left in our retreat. So there are two queen beds left plus a twin fold away. And pricing for this starts at $400. So that includes your accommodation for three nights on the island. And it also includes two meals a day, breakfast and dinner plus yoga and group coaching or conversation, circle time, all of that. So what it doesn't cover, your transportation to get there and lunch and any extra things that you want to do while you're there. But we're so excited to welcome you because we have just these two beds left. We really want to make sure that if you've been on the fence, you know that the window is closing. I'm also getting ready tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time, on Wednesday, January 30th. We're officially kicking off the Becoming Me project in 2019. So this is my year-long book club and group coaching group. We're going to start in February reading El Luna's book, The Crossroads of Should and Must. And we have our first call on Wednesday, January 30th. But it's not too late to join. And for anyone who signs up for the Harbor Retreat, you get invited to join the online program for the year at no additional cost. You can get all of the details for all of this at my website, www.liznorell.com. L-I-Z-N-O-R-E-L-L dot All right, that's all the announcements I have for you today. Next week, I'm going to be bringing you a conversation with my friend Elaine, who decided with her husband to move their family to Australia, having never been on the continent. It's a really fun conversation with Elaine, who's energetic and willing to laugh at herself and be just like really honest and raw about what that process has been like. So if you want to live vicariously through her adventures, be sure you stick around to next week to hear that fun conversation. Until then, have a great week, and thanks as always for listening.